Amen. Well, good morning once again, and welcome to each one of you. Well, little Johnny was a little bit of a dull boy. He didn't do very well in school. In fact, he seemed to be very unmotivated. His parents tried everything that they could. They did all that they could. They even hired tutors for him. But he just was not getting good grades in school. He even went to a private school, and that didn't seem to help. Well, they thought, let's move him to a government school and see if that might help. But still, he actually ended up doing worse in the government school. They were at their wit's end. They did not know what to do to help their son, Johnny. When finally someone suggested they put him in a Roman Catholic school. So they thought, well, we'll try anything we can. They put him in the Roman Catholic school and in weeks, his marks had risen. In fact, they were so high that he was at the top of his class. The parents asked him, Johnny, how is it that you're doing so well here and you were barely passing the other courses at the other school? He said, well, mom and dad, when I started going to that school, I saw a man on a cross and I knew those, those Teachers, don't play. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew chapter 2? For several weeks now, Pastor Nick has been on the theme of Christmas Reminds Us. And so this morning, I will continue on in that theme, but we will be looking at Matthew chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, would you please stand as we read God's Word? Matthew chapter 2, starting from verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warmed in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for Jesus coming to earth in the form of a baby. And we thank you, Lord, for all of the truths that come out of this scripture that Christmas can remind us of. And so, Lord, may you open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you, to learn from you, and to be obedient to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Magi in Persia were basically what Levites were in Israel. They were men of holiness and wisdom. These men were skilled in philosophy, in medicine, and in natural science. And in this passage, we read that Jesus was born, and the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem to worship him. The Magi are also referred to, you may know them, as wise men and kings. Well, as I said, for several weeks, we have been on the theme of Christmas reminds us. And as we read this passage of Scripture, Christmas also reminds us, number one, to make it a priority to worship Jesus. Make it a priority to worship Jesus. As we read this passage, it's clear that these wise men, these magi, heard the birth of Jesus. They heard of this, and not only did they hear of it, but they had anticipated his coming. They knew that it was written many, many years ago by prophets. It was prophesied that this Savior, this Messiah, would be born. And so when they heard and when they saw the star, they were on their way to go and find him, to worship him. That's why they wanted to go and find Jesus, not so that he would do something for them, but that they could worship this king so that they could come and worship him. You see, these wise men made it their top priority, their mission to go and worship Jesus at his birth. And after hearing of him, they knew that he was worthy of their worship. You see, worship for us today is a way of life. It's not just one or two things that we do or something that we do in a worship service, but it's the way that we live. It's the way that we speak. It's reading our Bible. It's singing songs. It's the way that we treat other people. It's how we conduct ourselves in everyday life. Worship is our lifestyle. It's the way we volunteer in our volunteer ministries. It's giving to the Lord through tithes and offerings. It's praying. It's seeking God. It's so much more than we may think happens on a Sunday morning. Worship is what God calls us to give him. You see, there is nothing that we have that we can give to God that he doesn't already have. He doesn't need our our money. He doesn't need our clothes. He doesn't need our car. He doesn't need anything that we have because he's given it all to us anyways. The only thing that God requires that we give him fully and completely is our lives, our worship, our heart. That is what he wants from us. And this year, may you be reminded to make worshiping Jesus your priority. You see, we all have priorities, right? There are certain things that you prioritize, that I prioritize, that are important, and so we make sure they get done. We make sure that we put them first. We make sure that we take care of. And sometimes, after doing all of those different things, Jesus often comes last. But this year, may you prioritize him 
first. Put him first. Put him first and see how everything else will fit together. These wise men put Jesus first in going out of their way to worship him. And it's interesting when I think about this, it's interesting that the journey for the wise men would not have been an easy one. And sometimes we think that they just showed up right when Jesus was born. However, if you look at the scripture, it would have taken them months of travel, going through dangerous situations from thieves and wild animals. They would have had to endure environmental challenges, heat, different things. But they did it. They went out of their way to worship Jesus, to find him, to seek him out, because they knew that he was worthy of their worship. In other words, it was not convenient for them to go and worship him, yet they went. And there are times where worshiping God will not and is not convenient for us. But he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our prayers. There are times when waking up on a Sunday morning is just not convenient for you because you're tired. But worship God because he is worthy of your worship. There are times where giving to the work of the Lord is just not convenient because we have so many other expenses and bills to take care of. But give to the work of the Lord because he is worthy of all that we have to give. There are times where it's not convenient for us to carry out our regular ministries to the Lord because something else has come up. But he is worthy of us to do that. Go out of your way. Worship him whether it is convenient or not. For he is worthy of all of our worship. You know, as I was thinking about this point and I was looking around this morning, I think congratulations to many of you who travel a half an hour or more to get to church. Many of you who go out of your way. It's not convenient, but you come. Some of you live in Curtis and Mississauga and Vaughan or Maple. And many of you, you come regularly to worship the Lord. And so God bless you. Those of you who go out of your way, even when it's not convenient for you, worship the Lord. For the wise men, it was not convenient, yet they came. You know why? Because they understood that Jesus was born a king. And this is something for us to keep in mind, that he did not later become a king, but that he was born a king. He was king at his birth, and he is worthy of all of the worship that we have to give him. And when you think about the fact that they came, they came to worship him not because Jesus did something for them or not because he would do something for them, but simply because because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And whether God does for us what we expect him to do or what we want him to do, he is still worthy of our worship. And so may you choose to make it a top priority this year. As you are reminded, make it a priority to worship the Lord, to worship Jesus. May this Christmas season also remind us, number two, to seek the Lord first above all else to seek him first above all else. And this comes out of verses 9 and 10, which says, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. 
You see, they had set out to find this king. They had set out to look for where he was to go and to worship him. They went to seek the Lord. And in this day and age, many of us seek different things. It may be money, career, fame, friends, family, sinful pleasures, worldly riches, whatever it may be. Some of us seek after these things when God says, come and seek me. Come and seek me first for all of your needs. He wants us to seek him. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God wants us to seek him first. And you see, in order for us to seek him, we must be willing to go out of our way to look, but know that he will always provide a way. He gave guidance to these wise men in the form of this star for the Israelites. When you read the Old Testament, he gave them a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. For us, he gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives it to us. And you know, when we seek him wholeheartedly, we will find him. When we are seeking God, seeking his face, seeking direction from him, we will find it. And he wants us to seek him in every aspect of our lives. Whatever it is that you need, this year you may be faced with many difficult decisions. Seek the Lord for those decisions. You may be faced with different choices. You may be faced with financial situation. You may be faced with different opportunities that come your way. Seek the Lord first and he will direct you. These wise men sought after the Lord and he directed them. What is it that you may need to seek the Lord for? Well, I gave you some examples, but this year you may need to seek the Lord for healing from a health need. You may need to seek him for direction in a major decision that you will have. Maybe you need to seek the Lord for the right husband or wife for you. Maybe you need to seek him to grow more spiritually and read God's word. Maybe you need to seek him for a career path or job. Maybe you need to seek him for a son, a daughter, a grandchild, a family member who has gone astray. Maybe you need to seek him for victory over a temptation or bad habit. Maybe you need to seek him to restore or to mend a relationship that has been broken. Maybe you just need to seek him to know what his will is for your life. Whatever it may be, may you seek the Lord. 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 11 tells us, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Seek him not just when you need something, but seek him continually day after day after day to provide for you, to lead you, to continue to guide you and give you direction. Continue to seek him. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 Chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. You see, when we seek God, when we seek after him, when we knock, when we come to him, he opens a door. He makes a way. He reveals himself. And so may Christmas this season remind you 
to seek the Lord first above all else. Before we run to other people, before we run to this and that and look to this and look to that, may we run to the Lord and seek him first. Amen? Amen. Amen. May Christmas also remind us, number three, to give the Lord our very best. To give the Lord our very best. Verse 11 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men not only sought after Jesus and went out of their way to worship him, but they also brought him their very best gifts. Here's a side note for you. Sometimes we happen to always refer to the three wise men, right? But when, when you actually look in the scripture, it doesn't say how many there were. We assume sometimes that there were three because three gifts were given, but it actually doesn't say that there were just three of them. And so that's just a, a side note for you. So the gifts that they were given to Jesus were actually very significant, the gift of gold is the gift of a king. So Jesus, the man born to be a king, was to reign not by force, but by love. He was to rule over human hearts, not from a throne, but from a cross. Jesus was born a king, and the gift of gold is the gift for a king. The gift of frankincense that was given to him was a gift fit for a priest. You see, frankincense was used in the temple worship and in temple sacrifices. It was a sweet perfume of frankincense that was used on the altar of incense for the priest to offer prayers to God on behalf of the people. The function of a priest is to open the way to God for men and women. Jesus served as our high priest in opening the way to God for us to be able to access him. The gift of frankincense was for a priest. This is what Jesus did in opening that way for us to enter into relationship with God. The gift of myrrh is a gift for one who is to die. Myrrh was used to embalm the bodies of the dead, and that is exactly what Jesus came to this world to do, to die for us in our place. These gifts that the wise men gave, it was not a coincidence that they just so happened to give these gifts, but it was even at his cradle that it was foretold that he was to be the true king, the perfect high priest, and in the end, the supreme savior of the world. They gave their very best to Jesus. How can we give our very best to the Lord? How can we give him our very best in everything that we do? Well, maybe giving the Lord your very best means giving him the beginning of your day. Giving him the best part of your day when you're the most awake and alert and spend time with him. 
Maybe giving him your very best is going beyond just giving 10%, the bare minimum, but giving above and beyond that to the work of the Lord. Maybe giving your very best to him is giving of your time and talents in a certain area of ministry and volunteering in. Maybe giving him your very best is making that choice once and for all to give him your life, to surrender to him all that you are, giving him your very best. You see, the wise men gave him their very best, and in the end, Jesus gave us his very best by giving his life for us. And so this year, I challenge you to think of how can I give the Lord my very best? How can I give him my very best in everything that I do, not just when I come to church, but in every aspect of my life, in every aspect of your life, may we give the Lord our very best. God held nothing back when he gave us his very best, giving us Jesus and sending him to us. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, giving us his very best. Christmas reminds us to give the Lord our very best. Christmas also reminds us to be open to how the Lord will speak to us and lead us. Be open to how the Lord will speak to us and lead us. In verse 12, it says, And having been warned in a dream, that is the the wise men or the magi being warned, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You see, the Lord used a dream to speak to and warn these magi not to go back to King Herod, for he knew that King Herod had evil intent. And so giving him this warning, they were obedient in listening. They were obedient in hearing from the Lord through the dream and going back by another route. This year, may you be open to hearing from the Lord. May you be obedient in, in following whatever leading he places in your life when he speaks to you, when he leads you, when he directs you. You see, there are many times where the Lord may speak to us, but because we're not listening or because we're not open to it, we don't hear him. <laughs> There are times where he may have something special in store for us and he wants to direct us to it, but because we're not being open to his leading and his guidance, we miss out on that opportunity. And so this year, I challenge you to be open to how the Lord will speak to you, how he will speak to me, how he will lead us, how he will direct us, how he will move in our lives. And the Lord doesn't always speak the same way to you as he does to me. He doesn't always speak the same that he did in the Old Testament and the New Testament that he does today. The Lord speaks in different ways. The Lord can speak to us in many, many different ways, and we need to be open to it. Maybe it's through a sermon that he speaks to you or through a song. It could be through a scripture reading or through a person. It could be through his Holy Spirit or through a dream. There are many different ways that the Lord can speak through his word, through other people, through a friend or a pastor, through a loved one. There are many different ways, but we need to be open to that and ask him when we're not sure to confirm that that is what he's saying to us in different ways. But may we be open to how the Lord will speak to us and to lead us. Perhaps the Lord may lead you this new year 
year and volunteering in a particular ministry. Maybe it will be to join a Bible study or small group. Maybe it will be to mentor a child or a teenager. Maybe the Lord will lead you to give a gift to a family in need, to befriend a newcomer to Canada, to respond to the call to be a pastor, evangelist, or missionary. Be open to how the Lord will speak to you and lead you in this new year. Whatever it may be, may we be willing to be obedient however the Lord may speak. And finally, number five, Christmas can remind us that Jesus came for all people. Jesus has come for everyone, for all people. As I read verse 12, it came to me when it says, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they, that is the Magi, returned to their country by another route. You see, Jesus came and he was born a Jew, but he did not just come only for the Jewish people. The Magi were not Jews. They had gone back and had come from their own country, whatever country that may have been. And even though Jesus was born king of the Jews, he did not only come to save them. In fact, the Magi realized that this king was born. They came to worship him. And they they celebrated his birth. They celebrated him as the Messiah, Savior, all that he was promised to be. And this new year, may you understand and may you realize that Jesus has come for you, for you, for you, for you, for all of us. He has come for all people. And it doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter the color of our skin or the country of our birth. It doesn't matter how much you make an hour or your status in society. It doesn't matter your education level or the kind of car that you drive. It doesn't matter the brand of shoes that you wear or the brand of watch that you have on your hand. Jesus has come for all of us. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that because sometimes in our society, we tend to treat people a little differently based on those things. If we're honest, it's the truth. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that we can treat people differently based on how they look or what they drive or or different things that they have. Jesus has come for all people. And this year, I challenge you to not see people for what they have or what they can offer you, but to see them as a child that God has created, that he loves and that he wants a relationship with. And when we see people in such a way, we will go out of our way to share the gospel with them. We will go out of our way to tell them the good news of Jesus because he came for them as well. And just because they may have money doesn't mean they don't need Jesus. Just because they have something fancy doesn't mean they don't need Jesus. We all need Jesus, and he has come for all of us. Maybe today you need to make that decision and realize that he has come for you, and you need to stop resisting. But this year, this Sunday, give your life over and say, Lord, you have come for me, and I want to surrender my life to you. Christmas reminds us to make it a priority to worship Jesus, to seek the Lord first above all else, to give to the Lord our very best, 
to be open to how the Lord will speak to us and lead us, that the Lord has come for all people. He has come for all of us. Jesus came not to a throne, but to a major. He lived not as a king, but as a servant. He chose not a kingdom, but a cross. And he gave not just a little, but everything. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the the miracle of Christmas and the majesty of it all. We thank you, Father, for the fact that it is beyond our human comprehension that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would step down out of his glory onto earth to dwell, to live among us, and ultimately to die in our place. And God, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for his gift into uh, our lives and for what he brings to us, for the hope, for the forgiveness of sins, for the gift of eternal life, for reconciling our relationship to you, O God, for all of those things. And so, Lord, in this season, we pray that you would remind us of all of those things, that you would help us as we get ready to enter into a new year to not go into this new year the same, but to go changed and transformed and ready to truly make you the priority of our lives. And so, God, we put you first, and we ask that you would help us, that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would direct us, that your blessing would follow us, oh God, and that you would help us in every area of our lives. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you anew and afresh, and we ask that you would speak to your people. And we thank you, God, for the love that you show to us. We thank you that you have first loved us. And so, Lord, we just commit ourselves once again to you, and we pray for your will to be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.